0: Good morning. We'll try that again. Good morning. Good morning, church. I hope you've come prepared today to meet the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Our church is not something that we should take lightly. You who are in the pews have a responsibility, you who are online have a responsibility. You each have a role, and that role is to sing. And worship I want you to think about the words as we sing today some of you worship with a raised hand some don't some clap and some don't and some even worship with faces as stoic and immovable as Stonehenge and that's okay we all worship God differently <clears throat> scripture calls us to worship God with spiritual songs <clears throat> If you've come today to check a box to say that you've been at church, I'm going to tell you you're in the wrong place today. We're ready. The praise team is ready. The choir is ready. We've already experienced the joyous praise and the joyous fellowship of Christ in this place. If you've come with a heavy heart today, I'll tell you, God wants to relieve you of that burden. You can leave that burden here and walk out of here free. If you come joyous today because of something that God has done for you this week, he wants to worship with you and wants to fellowship with you in that. God wants to be with you. He is here. He is here. And I hope you've come to meet him today. Our scripture today is taken from Revelation chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. You can remain seated. I want to read these words to you. Then I heard something like the voice of a vast multitude like the sound of cascading waters and like the rumbling of loud thunder. So picture yourself John exiled on the island of Patmos by himself. God's talking to him. John is getting a glimpse as to what's happening at the end of times. And God told him, write it down what you see and what you hear. And he hears this. He hears hallelujah because our Lord God, the Almighty, reigns. Can you imagine that? How many millions of people in heaven singing that, saying that, and John getting to hear that and to feel it as he's there. Hallelujah because our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us be glad, rejoice, and give him glory.
1: Oh. Come on.
0: touch you. That last verse. Savior of sinners, soon returning king. What's I don't want to say this. Every verse of every song that we sing today and really every Sunday I don't know if you pick up on this or not but it points back to scripture. It points back to the Bible. Every verse of every song That We sing does that you can go back and pull out a a verse of scripture and say that's where that verse came from when God touched that man or woman to write that song. That's where that came from. Isn't that amazing? Do you see that every Sunday? Our next song is called Behold Our God. (music) Thank <music> you.
2: inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. My name is Alan, and it is such a joy and honor to join with you on worship today. Thank you so much for being here, whether in person or online. We're so glad that you're all here today. Well, if you are a guest here this morning, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Thank you for coming. We would love to get to know you, to know how we can pray for you and serve you. And so one way we can do that is through a Connect card. That's a card in the back of the seat in front of you. If you would pull that out and fill that out, that'll let us know how we can minister to you. Then after service, if you exit through these central doors, you'll turn left out in our lobby and you'll see our Next Steps desk. There you can turn that card in, meet someone who would be happy to answer any questions that you may have about our church And also give you a free gift. So welcome guests. We're so glad that you're here today. Well, we're going to transition now to a moment of prayer. And as we do, I encourage all of us to prepare our hearts for our act of worship through giving later in the service. So please join me in prayer. Good morning, Heavenly Father. Lord, we give you praise today. You are worthy of our praise. And this morning, we lift up to you our church's core value of joyful hospitality. Thank you, Lord, for being so hospitable toward us. We are so undeserving of your grace and your kindness, but your response to us has been to lavish love and hospitality toward us. You have welcomed us like prodigal sons into your family into into your embrace and open up the treasures of who you are to us thank you lord thank you for for being so kind to us and we pray that that would be reflected in our own lives that you would shape our hearts to be like yours and more and more you would develop in us hospitality toward others we pray even this week that you would give us opportunities to be hospitable to open up our time our influence our homes to those around us both in this church body and to our neighbors around that your name would be glorified Father, we lift up to you also today those worshiping you in England. We lift up to you our church plant partner in Rotten, England. And we lift up to you Carl Porter, who who leads this, who's planted this church, this evangelist and IMB associate. Thank you, Lord, for Carl. We pray that you would bless this church plant, that many people would come and come to interact with people who love you and see the amazing hope that they have. We pray that people would come and say yes you, Jesus, and grow closer to you. We also lift up to you the, the carol service that Carl and his team are preparing for December. Please bless this outreach for your glory. Closer to home, Lord, our hearts lift up to you, many in our midst who have health concerns. We pray this morning for Kay Boots, who recently fell and has undergone surgery. Please be with Kay as she recovers. I pray for a speedy recovery, a full recovery. Please bless her in this time. We pray for April Lape, who just learned that she has cancer. She'll be starting chemotherapy, and we ask that you would bring healing to April. Please be with her in this time and draw her close to you in this time. Lord, we lift up to you David Haddo, who's having surgery on his thumb on Tuesday, recently had an accident with his thumb. We ask for a full healing. Please be with David and his family through this process. We do pray for healing. In your presence there with them. And we also pray for Pastor Mark, who's not been doing well this past week with a flu like virus. Please be with Mark and many others. We ask that you would bring healing to us. And finally, Lord, we pray for healing for our souls. We take a moment and we confess to you that we have all sinned, we have all fallen short of your holy standards. We come to you broken and sinful and in need of a Savior. And thank you that that is exactly what you are for us. Thank you, Father, for giving the Son. Jesus, who would die in our place, who would be sacrificed as a perfect lamb, atoning our sins. We pray that you would wash us clean by him and see us like you see him, that you would make us right in your eyes, and that that would be reflected more and more each day in our lives, that you would give us new life. Thank you for the sacrifice and the resurrection of our Savior Jesus. We continue to worship you in his name this morning. Amen.
0: stand as we continue to worship with all I have is Christ. That sounds pretty good to me.
3: the cross and I beheld God's love displayed you suffered in never come from me oh father Father, use use my ransom ransom life in any
0: See
4: Good morning. I'm Pastor Sean, and we're glad that you're here. If you're a guest, they're worshiping Christ with us this morning, members, we're so glad that we're here gathered as a body of believers here, diving into God's Word and asking God to speak to us collectively. I want to thank Steve for leading us this morning, and uh, we're so grateful to have Steve, part of Hebrew Baptist Church, and stepping in. And uh, when we, uh, uh, Pastor Mark is very, very sick. It's not the flu, and it's not COVID, but whatever it is, he is very sick, and so we're thankful uh, for Steve, and we uh, ask that you please pray for him, for Pastor Mark, Uh, and uh, he probably shouldn't have been uh, uh, bragging about being so healthy a couple weeks ago, Uh, and uh, pray for uh, Miss Kay, uh, our secretary. She fell on Thursday and broke her hip, and uh, so It's just me, y'all, you know, so uh, just be be with us this week and uh, uh, pray for me this week as we will make it all work. And I'm thankful for the body of Christ already. People like Steve and others who are already uh, pitching in to do things over the next couple weeks. So uh, we're thankful for that. But please be in prayer for both of them. Uh, Before I go any further, I did want to uh, do something this week. uh, As a country, we honor our veterans and it's so important for me, I know as a pastor, uh, that our first rights, our first uh, uh, freedoms is freedom of speech, but also freedom of religion. And so we're thankful to be in a country that, that I can proclaim Jesus, you can proclaim Jesus, and uh, we're thankful for our veterans who have served uh, just as the Spirit of Christ. Laying down their lives for their friends and that we know uh, that we are honored by them. So if you're a veteran here today, would you mind standing because we want to honor you this morning uh, where give honor where honor is due. Thank you to our veterans and to those who've served and those who are spouses of those who've served. You, you sacrifice just as much as your, as your spouse has, and so we honor you as well, and so we are thankful for you. Well, our business now is with the Lord, and let me tell you, I'm excited to come preach after that type of singing. I mean, you guys really uh, proclaim the name of Jesus well today, and so thank you for that. Uh, if you would, turn in your copy of God's Word to 1 Samuel chapter 2, 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 12. If you'd like to use the version that I'm preaching from that you'd like to follow along, it's page 234 in the Pew Bible that's in front of you. And so you can turn there as well. Uh, for those of you who are visiting uh, or maybe have just been out for sickness or other reasons the last few weeks... Uh, that we are walking through the first three chapters of 1 Samuel in a prelude to a king, prelude to a kingdom, as God it called and, and used Samuel uh, to be part of calling God's king for his people. Both he was influential in Saul's life, the people's king, and David's life, God's king. And So what are the lessons that we've learned? Well, we've learned a lot of lessons through Hannah's life, the last few weeks right and now we're kind of turning to some other people that we learn. first we come to the priest at the time who is Eli and his sons and in this passage we see this contrast of two ways of living and today we're going to look as it contrasts Eli's sons with Samuel and so let's begin in verse 12 and we'll read to verse 36 Eli's sons were wicked men they did not respect the Lord or the priest's share of the sacrifices from the people. When anyone offered a sacrifice, the priest servant would come with a three-pronged meat fork while the meat was boiling and plunge it into the container, kettle, cauldron, or cooking pot. The priest would claim for himself whatever the meat fork brought up. This is the way they treated all Israelites who came there at Shiloh. Even before the fat was burned, the priest servant would come and say to the one who was sacrificing, Give the priest some meat. Uh, To roast, because he won't accept boiling meat from you, only raw. That person said to him, the fat must be burned off first, and you take whatever you want for yourself. The servant would reply, no, I insist that you hand it over right now. If you don't, I'll take it by force. So the servant's sin was very severe in the presence of the Lord because the men treated the Lord's offering with contempt. Samuel served the Lord's presence. This mere boy was dressed in the linen ephod, And each year, his mother made a little robe and took it to him when she went with her husband for the annual sacrifice. Eli would bless um, Elkanah and his wife. May the Lord give you children by this woman in place of the one she has given to the Lord. And they would go home. The Lord paid attention to Hannah's need, and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Now Eli was very old. He heard about everything his sons were doing in all Israel and how they were sleeping with the women who served at the entrance of the tent of meeting. He said to them, Why are you doing these things? I have heard about your evil actions from these people. No, my sons, the news I hear of the Lord's people spreading is not good. If one person sins against another, God can intercede for him. But if a person sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? But they would not listen to their father. Since the lord intended to kill them by contrast the boy samuel grew in stature and in favor with the lord and with people the man of god came to eli and said a man of god came to eli and said to him this is what the lord says didn't i reveal myself to your forefather's family when they were in egypt and belonged to pharaoh's palace out of all the tribes of Israel, I chose your house to be my priest, to offer sacrifices on my altar to burn incense, incense and to wear an ephod in my presence. I also gave your forefathers, family, all the Israelites fire offerings. Why then are do all of you despise my sacrifices and offerings that I require in my palace a place of worship? You have honored your sons more than me by making yourselves fat with the best part of all the offerings. Of my people Israel, therefore, this is the declaration of the Lord, the God of Israel. I did say that your family and your forefathers' family would walk before me forever, but now this is the Lord's declaration: No longer. For those who honor me, I will honor; those who despise me will be disgraced. Look, the days are coming when I will cut off your strength and stretch, uh, and the strength of your forefathers' house. So that none in your family will reach old age, you will see distress in the place of worship, in spite of all that is good in Israel, and no one in your family will ever again reach old age. Any man from your family I do not cut off from my altar will be bring grief and sadness to you, and all your descendants will die violently. And this will be the sign that comes to you concerning your two sons, Hophni and Phineas. Both of them will die on the same day. Then I will raise up a faithful priest for myself. He will do whatever is in my heart and my mind. I will establish a lasting dynasty for him, and he will walk before me, my anointed one, for all time. Anyone who is left in your family will come and bow down to him for a piece of silver and a loaf of bread. He will say, please appoint me to some priestly office so I could have a piece of bread to eat let us pray Heavenly Father we come to you taking seriously the account of your word God we know as we come to you as we have sung boldly and confidently and I pray from our hearts that we behold you are a God who is holy and we come to your word that is holy and that we come expectantly to meet with you here that we honor you with hearing and agreeing with your word, and that we honor you with our life as we live your word. So Lord, I pray this morning as we come that you would speak to us through your word that we may never be the same again. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Some of you, or many of you, may be aware or familiar With Lawrence Peter Barra. Let me just give you the one that you know, Yogi Barra. Yogi was a baseball hall of famer. He uh, played for my Yankees for many years, played in 15, uh, 14 World Series, and won 10 of them He's a 15-time All-Star, three-time American League MVP player, and the name to the All-Century Team. But little do you know, maybe people don't know this, but at age 19, he served in World War II. He was a veteran, and at age 18, he participated in the D-Day invasion at Omaha Beach. But of course, he's known for his baseball playing and his yogiisms the phrases that he repeated off the cuff that kind of made everybody laugh but had a just a kernel of truth to it. Like, it ain't over till it's over. Or it's deja vu all over again. Or this is a good one that, that I've heard pastors say to one, ever, one another, never answer an anonymous letter. That'll hit you in a minute. You, you don't know who the, who the letter's from. Or I usually take a two-hour nap from one to four. Maybe some, some of you will do that this afternoon. But one that's probably his favorite, a famous one is when you come to a fork in the road, take it. I think that last one is something that really describes life in many different ways. That when you come to a fork in the road, that we all come a fork in the road. There's many forks in the road that we will have to to choose from. Choices that we will have to make one or the other. This one or that one. Life confronts us with these. Where will I go to school? Will I remain single? Whom will I marry? Will I have children? Uh, How many children will I have? Will I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior? When I die, will I go to heaven or hell? These are important forks in the road unavoidable questions in life. And thankfully, here in God's Word, it describes a fork in the road that will help us to think when we come through our simple decisions and our large decisions. This fork in the road that is posited here in the Scriptures is a life that will honor the Lord or a life that will dishonor the Lord. You see, here in our text this morning, this comparison that we read in Second First Samuel chapter two, there is this contrast of Eli's sons and Samuel. The fork in the road is: Will you honor yourself, or will you honor God? Will you choose the right road and the wise road? Will you choose the life of blessing? Or will you choose a life of curses? The contrast here of Samuel and Eli's sons do more to warn us against the path of wickedness. And over the Old Testament, we see this uh, this comparison or these path choices, life choices, that God gives these series of blessings and curses. That God's people are to choose a life of, of blessing, of one of honor, obedience, But many times, Israel chose a life of curses. Disobeying God, dishonoring God, uh, bowing before altars, all these things ended up in curses for them. God put this system into place for several reasons for the good of Israel because uh, Moses said that that it was for this, if you honor God with your life and honor the law, then you will uh, be rewarded with good things. That it was a reward, reward for obedience through the scriptures. God presents a reward for obedience for those who, who honor God. But also, in contrast, gives this rightful judgment for disobedience. That if you follow the right rules of God, that you will be blessed. But if you disobey, there is judgment and rightful judgment before a holy God. But I think the ultimate goal that God in his loving kindness gave through the blessings and curses was always a call for repentance. That God would say, trust me, love me, honor me, obey me, and you will be in a life of blessing." Blessing and cursing is not only a principle found within the book of Deuteronomy or within the Old Testament. It is a principle for Christians. You see, we have received grace upon grace. We know the measure of Jesus Christ that we have received by faith in him of no work on our own, that we have received eternal life and salvation. And in response to this, that we, we know and we have been revealed by the Holy Spirit that God's way is the right way. And that honoring him in our our life is is the way to blessing. But we also know the Bible warns us as Christians that God will discipline those he loves. Ultimately, we know that the holy God knows that the whole earth will be judged and even our obedience will be rewarded or blessed or found in disobedience burned up by God. So which path are you on today? When you're taking a fork right now in your life? Is it a path of blessings or cursings? Honor or dishonor? Maybe you're not even thinking about your whole life path, but a decision that you've had to make this last week, or one you'll have to make this week. Which way will you choose? Well, in this text, there are three truths that I want us to come together and see in God's word together about blessings and cursings if you want to take notes on your bulletin or in your device number one contempt for God and his word will lead to wickedness contempt for God and his word will lead to wickedness doubting and rejecting God's word leads down a path and to a life of disobedience Eli had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Because of his lineage, he was preparing his sons to take over for him. And so they had many different responsibilities. And part of that was receiving the offerings of the people to give to God. Some for thanksgiving, but many for sacrificing of sin. And in this, they send as a warning for those who to reject God and his ways. Now, as we read this, you thought, well, man, this is, I mean, he, they were going to get some food anyways, the priests are supposed to receive a part of the sacrifice, what did it matter that they was getting raw food or, or sticking the fork when, and why did it matter if they were going to get some meat at all? Well, because clearly God's word had a prescription god's word had said that actually the priest had had a a portion of the animal already that was supposed to be laid aside for the priest what these two boys were doing was saying man i'm hungry i want to get as much as i can and they would send their servant down and say i just just go in and get as much as you can in doing so not only did they reject god's word but they put themselves in a place higher than the way that God wanted. They put their desires ahead of God's. They put their ways and their life ahead of the sacrifice of God, the worship of God. They were attaining other people's worship for their own benefit the people's preference was violently overridden and God's strict requirement was completely ignored Hophni and Phineas was sure of their own authority as priests what the people wanted or thought that God wanted was irrelevant they were not just inadvertently following a different pattern they were deliberately and aggressively going against what they knew and what God had said was right Now, interestingly, if we think of this as this principle, we know this is the beginning of disobedience and wickedness for our own life. Anytime we begin to make matters and choices for ourselves over God, we have already put ourselves above God and what he knows and says is right. And This is not a new revelation, is it? This is what happened in the garden. When our first parents, Adam and Eve, were deceitfully uh, come against by the serpent, when serpent Satan himself, did God really say that? Or when he did say that, he didn't really mean that. You see, friends, anytime we start to already take God's word and twist it or doubt it, we have put ourselves above God. And this warning for us is something that brought sin into this world and puts us separated from God for all eternity. But not only is it in our first sin, but we know this is the ultimate consequence of sin. Once we chart our path away from God, we're going down a path of wickedness. Romans 1 gives us the the most vibrant picture of this, the end result of those people who follow their own way instead of God's. In verse 18 of chapter 1, it says, for God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppresses the truth. Since what they what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. And as a result, people are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became foolish and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man's birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. The result is those of us, all of humanity, when we chart a path away from God, we end up worshiping something other than God. And it brings wickedness in our life. On October 31st, in 19, uh, 1983, a Korean air flight that traveled from Anchorage, Alaska to Seoul, Korea, uh, Seoul, Korea uh, when it began, there was a malfunction. There was a malfunction in the, in the machine as well as uh, maybe even user error, but what it began was only a degree and a half off But when you're charting a degree and a half off over hundreds of thousands of miles, you get way off. And this flight ended up over the airspace of Russia and was shot down. May this be a warning to all of us who stray off the path of righteousness that leads to destruction. The same way that Eli's sons began slowly choosing themselves over God's word, over God's care, over God's people. May we be warned that this leads to destruction. And this is why it is so important for us that we say here at Hebrew Baptist Church, it is so important that we encourage, disciple, hold each other accountable that we strongly encourage d groups and life groups because we know with our sinful hearts we're always but a temptation away from choosing our way instead of God's way we need godly people in our life to hold us accountable pray for us encourage us when it's hard help us along God's path and we need each other to do this because our wicked hearts if left unchecked will have We'll fool ourselves to say that there's nothing wrong. Pastor Dale Ralph Davis said, Someone can remain so firm in his rebellion that God will confirm him in it so much that he will remain utterly deaf and unmoved by any warnings of judgment or pleas for repentance. Brother, sister, I don't don't want you to get to the place where you can't even hear the truth anymore. So watch the path that you're going on. Maybe you're struggling in a deep-seated sin right now. I first encourage you to to pray, but to, to reach out for help, to confess your sins, because bringing that sin to light is the first and most important thing to do, and to confess to a holy God that it is wrong. Come to your pastors, and we'll encourage you and help you, and I also encourage you to go. That will help you to get in soul care, that you can have someone disciple you and work with you as you walk out of sin. I encourage you to get in a life group and a D group, that you would have encouragement from others as you walk down this path. But, brother and sister, we need to make sure that we understand contempt for God leads. To wickedness but we can't just check our own path we need to help each other and that's number two enabling the wicked leads to the curse of God enabling the wicked leads to the curse of God we read as we continue that, that we are presented with Eli's sons Hophni and Phinehas's sin and then we see Eli's response that the truth comes to Eli, and yet nothing is done to curtail or to pull his sons, their, son, his sons, out of destruction. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are our brothers and sisters keepers, and we can't let each other go down the road of destruction. We should be willing to say to one another that you'll have to get by me first. On your way because I love you too much. How do we know that we should do this as Christians? Well, it's all through the Bible. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if anyone is overtaken with any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. For what business is it mine to judge the outsiders? Don't you judge those who are inside? God judges outsiders. Remove the evil person from among you. So you see, we need to be about encouraging one another in holiness. And Eli failed to protect his sons and instead to be, chose to be an enabler of, his, of their sins. Eli, Eli was aware of the cruel nature of their, of, of, of their life, the way he was treating the people that God gave him to care for and for the very worship of God himself. And yet, nothing was done. A few stern words, and things continued. Some might say, well, what could he do? They were adult children. And I tell you, this brings open a lot for many people who struggle, and their adult children are making difficult decisions not to follow God and not to follow their path. And, and I pray for you, brother, sister. It's difficult. It's hard. And There are no right answers. But I would say that we would say we are faithful before God when we are a constant clarion call to their heart when we hold up God's holiness to them. That we continue lovingly counsel them with God's word that we don't shy away, but we tell them what is right and true according to God's word with kindness and love. As this, Eli's example, he did have something in his back pocket. He could have removed them as priests right away, and he never did it. And God cursed Eli because of this. He, the, ultimately, his family line is replaced, and we'll read later on in, in Kings that, that is what happened. The reality is we cannot enable one another in, our, in sin. We should help one another turn away. For those of you who know my little Isabella, who's four, almost five next month, can you believe it? She has had horrible ear infections. She had tubes when she was 13 or 14 months old and outgrown them, and now over the last six weeks, she's been in four Medication, so she'd have to get tubes. But during this time, with the fluid buildup in her ear, she just, she just can't hear well, or she's ignoring us, which is sinful. It, one or the other. We know that something is happening. But just the other day, I saw her, and she was going towards something that was going to harm her. And so I would say, Isabella, Isabella, she just kept going, Isabella, Isabella. Finally, I had. Isabella, Isabella, and I had to grab her because she was going to hurt herself. I could have just said, Well, she didn't hear me and let her get hurt. But the most loving thing that I could do is stop her. Brother and sister, that is what we need to do for one another. We need to be dogged with our brothers and sisters, family, family members, friends when they're on their way to destruction. Charles Spurgeon said, there are other virtues in this world besides gentleness, and sometimes we need the power to speak sternly, to rebuke with firmness and severity, and Eli did not have this. He was an easygoing old soul, but when the honor of God is at stake, such such action as his is out of place. Maybe it's not a... Gentle spirit. Maybe we shy away because we are afraid of harming a relationship. So oftentimes we get wrapped up in the cultural mantra of live and let live. Each person must live their own life. but this is contrary to the scriptures other brothers and sisters, because we know that Christ knows sins destroys, and we must call everyone away from destruction. And it's the most loving thing that we can do. Wouldn't you rather trade momentary, uncomfortable conversations for pulling someone into holiness? Wouldn't you rather trade even a disagreement or hurt relationship for saving someone's soul? Brothers and sisters, we must be bold to help people and disciple and encourage lovingly and be and keep at it doggedly to encourage people to holiness let me just now speak to parents for a minute because Eli was a parent and he had to make these hard choices I feel for you brother and sister because it is difficult to disciple and instruct and encourage your children in the ways of the Lord it is the hardest most tiring and sometimes loneliest thing to do is to be a parent that instructs with consequences to our children can I just tell you from a parent to a parent and as your pastor keep up the fight you are doing good for their soul Remember, you are doing eternal work for their hearts. And whatever side of the debate of consequences or spanking, wherever you fall on that, you see that the Bible is true when it comes to spare the rod, spoil the child, understanding this, that if you don't help teach your children to turn away from wickedness, they will never walk down that path unless the Holy Spirit comes in them. We know that God does the saving of our children and we pray by God's grace that he does. But in God's sovereign plan, he has placed you on the front lines of the war for their hearts. Gordon Ketty said that the family is to be the arena in which personal godliness is promoted and the glory of God is manifested in personal relationships that are rooted in in commitment to the Lord. Parents, don't shy away from this. Fight, pray, love, seek God's help, and pursue your children. And brothers and sisters, in the same way for your friends in Christ, keep after them for the faith, for holiness, for God who loves you. When one is disrespecting the lord go to them see and show them in loving ways that what is ahead of them and ask them that you'll walk with them away from it how important is this for our community of faith when one of us disrespects the lord in a public way in a vital way it disrespects god publicly and and impacts us in the community there's so much at stake the life of a soul guarding other people's hearts but the glory of God. We must seek to love one another in this way. Therefore, we must choose, number three, honoring God with your life leads to lasting blessing. Honoring God with your life leads to lasting blessing. There's a contrast that is set up here in the scriptures. It's very, we go through all of the sons of Eli, and then we get to read some of these these flashes of light we see hannah and we see the response of god to her faithfulness in giving her only son that god blessed her with three sons and two daughters to fill the hole that she had given over to the lord she he filled her life with children Sometimes as we read this, we must also guard ourselves from the allure of the prosperity gospel. Some would say, well, look at this, you know, if you do this, then you'll get this in return. And look at Hannah, you'll, if you, if you do like Hannah, then you'll, you'll get all this back. Well, let me just tell you, reject that. Because that is a total disrespect to all those people who are of great faith of God, of great faith in Him, and they are suffering for the Lord. So don't say it's, it's a matter of faith. Understand that, that God blesses, that even in the difficult times, that God still blesses, gives joys, provides. But we see this example of Hannah, that it is in her that we see that the blessing and honoring God leads to blessing, but also We see Samuel. It says in verse 26, by contrast, the boy Samuel grew in stature and in favor with the Lord and his people. He was not led astray by the older boys that served with him or the older men at that time. This dear child continued. Maybe it was the wall of fire that Hannah and her prayers set around her, but whatever it was, we see that Samuel devoted himself to God brothers and sisters this is our question how do you devote yourself to the Lord you see the stronger the roots the harder for a tree to be pulled up how are you honoring God in this way that you would live in a life that leads to blessing faithful obedience Being in the word, spending time in prayer, a deep trust in God. This is how we live a life, a path, a a prescription for us to live a life that honors God and sees blessing. This is one that is echoed or comes from Psalm 1. Psalm 1 says, How happy is the one who does not take the advice or wicked, or stand in the pathway of sinners, or sits in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He's like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in season and does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Brothers and sisters, whatever you're going through in life, when you honor God with your life, whether it removes what's happening or not, you will receive the blessing of God. If not in this world, you will see it in the next. And in this world, you will receive the peace and the joy and the fullness of honoring God in your heart. I encourage you to stay the faith and persevere and honor God with your life. And students, children, I talked to your parents for just a second, but now I, I speak to you. Hear this warning on the opposite side of Parents and, and teaching, understand this, there is a, a truth that is in to you. If you honor your parents, there's a blessing for you. Ephesians 6.1 says, children, obey your parents and the Lord because that is right. Honor your father and your mo- mother which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and you will have a long life in the land. Kids, I encourage you That you will receive a blessing when you honor God and honor your parents. We talk about this in our house a lot, that staying within the parents' instruction is blessing. When you go out is when there can be destruction. For example, when your parents say, don't jump on the bed because something could happen, and yet you jump on the bed, you're putting yourself out there for destruction. I mean, have you not heard about the monkeys jumping on the bed? <laughs> Parents say less screen time. It's not because that they've pulled that new command out of, out of their back pocket to punish you for unexplainable reasons, but because they know that the dangers that are out there, that you might fall into traps of seeing things that you are not ready or even equipped by the Holy Spirit to, to handle. So kids, trust and obey. See that your Lord has given you your parents, that you would stay within their boundaries so that they will protect you. Parents, do your part to set these boundaries for blessings for your children. But oh, though we think this is just for children, how we should also keep this for our Heavenly Father as well. If we stay in his path, in his instruction, in his way for our life, it will lead to blessings. Some of us may be sitting here and wondering, you know, I've I've heard you, Pastor, and, and I hear the concerns and I understand, but I know that I've not done as what the Lord has wanted me to do. I've probably done worse than Eli's sons in my life. I know that I'm on a path of destruction right now. I know that I would like to come to the Lord. But I don't know what I can do. Well, Friend, let me just tell you this. There's even here hope for you. Because this man of God that came to Eli and said the words from the Lord that that God is saying he's going to set up his priest before his anointed one. And this priest was going to be shown in another family member down the line. But when we see progressive salvation, this promise and this prophet is going forward to an ultimate priest who stands before the people. An ultimate priest who stands before God. And one priest who does not just sacrifice bulls and animals, but sacrificed his very own life for you. Jesus, the perfect priest died on a cross to cover the sins of Eli's sons if they had repented but of your life if you would repent before God himself this is good news for us today because even if our entire lives we have chosen the life or path of curses there is one who has taken the curse for us and that's Jesus Christ if you turn to him today you will be born again you will be welcomed as a son of God you will be put with the Holy Spirit and you will be blessed forever and ever as part of his eternal kingdom so wherever you find yourself today I hope that you find yourself on the path of blessing that comes through the relationship of Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, may we encourage each other on this path together. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these words of of God and how we are encouraged as we come to the fork of blessings and curses. May we honor you and glorify you in our life. And may we stand in the gap for our brothers and sisters, encouraging each other all the more to follow you. We're thankful for your word, and we're thankful for the truth. And may we stand for you in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. I uh, Encourage you. Just a minute, we're going to be pre- uh, having our offering. So if you want to prepare for that, you can do that. Uh, you can. There's a little scan thing right there in front of you. You can scan that if you want to give that electronically. Uh, you can also. They'll put it up here here in a minute. You can scan that if you don't have cash or whatever. But we encourage you to, to give here. But let me give you a few announcements. First of all, uh, we encourage you to be part of our Baywack Ministry, which is next. Not tomorrow, but next. Monday. We've been doing this for some 40-some years, serving those adults with uh, special needs and providing a Thanksgiving dinner for them. And so there's two ways that I need you to help today, and I need you to do it today so we can be in preparation, especially with all this stuff with Kay being out. First of all, uh, there's a list over there of things and food that you can uh, uh, provide or donate. A lot as a matter of fact most of those items are just things to buy and drop off that you don't have to prepare so I encourage you to go over there and make sure that you fill out that list maybe get some items and go by and pick that up and then drop this off uh, this week and so we hope that you will do that, that so there's a whole list of there. there are two items I think turkey and green beans that they ask that you to prepare ahead of time but uh, if you can do that great if not we want you to donate and if You just can't go or can't buy the stuff you can donate money just make sure you mark Baywack and you can give it uh, to Elizabeth Kinman over here wave your hand Elizabeth and uh, she will make sure that to get to that person that get it to where it needs to go so uh, that's the first way the second way is to volunteer I know a lot of people uh, can't work are working that day or trying to get things for Thanksgiving that week. But but we really need volunteers. And all the volunteering is doing is walking around, getting food to people, bringing plates, dumping them, getting drinks, serving pies. It's just service. And so we encourage you to do that. Uh, it's next Monday. You have to be there at 1030. And I think it goes to about 1:30 or so. Even if you can come for an hour or two, that will help. And you can bring kids if they're able to, to do that. They can come along and help as well. Uh, uh, So it's a a way for them to see how you can serve. And so uh, we encourage you to sign up if you can volunteer today. If you even say, well, they know that I'm going to volunteer. We're not soothsayers here, right? So go ahead and put your name down on the list so we know we can count on you. And it's across the hallway on the senior adult board. Secondly something that that several of us are looking forward to is our church Thanksgiving dinner next week we hope it is a potluck we provide turkey and ham uh, and I think mashed potatoes and bread but you all provide everything else so after our our service next week uh, we will go downstairs together and have a great Thanksgiving meal together so we hope that you're present for that and that you bring a dish or a dessert to share third because of the of the temperature today because we don't want to be chattering and have snot coming from our nose we're not going to gospel to every home this today and going to people's doors Uh, so that will be canceled today but hopefully we'll be able to do that come spring when it's more warm i think we have maybe one more week of that no this was the last so we will start back up when it gets warmer in the spring of going to people's homes so uh, canceled today fourth Our Christmas events, uh, if you don't know those, uh, you can go out to the Next Steps desk and we have all those printed for you so that you can plan as well as invite others to all of our Christmas events. Christmas is a great time to invite non-believers and non-Christians to church. Uh, they they all know Christmas carols they all know this stuff so invite them and come along. Our first Sunday of Advent is November 27th and all through December we'll be having Christmas themed services as well as an orchestra on one of those days and then on the 4th we're going to be having our Fireside Christmas service which is a great candle service, special music and a surprise at the end. So many of you already know the surprise but keep a tight, Let, you know uh, snitches get stitches around here But don't tell, don't tell these, there's a lot of new people that don't know the surprise, okay? So don't spoil the surprise at the end of the Fireside Christmas. That'll be a fun activity together. And then finally, pray for Mark and Kay in their recovery. Let me go to the Lord and pray for our offering. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the giving and uh, blessings that you give us through the offering. And uh, we know, Lord, it is through these events like Bayouac and the faithful giving of people that we can afford to bust them here, to provide a meal for them, encourage them with the gospel of good news for Thanksgiving. So, Lord, we're thankful for this this gift that we will receive today, the gifts we always receive. May it multiply and may it, uh, Lord, help us to have generous hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: When you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll
1: move. I will follow. All your ways are good. All your ways are sure trust in you alone higher than my sight high above my life i will trust in you alone where you go i'll go where you stay i'll stay when you move i'll move i will follow I'll if this life I lose, I will follow you, yeah, I will follow you. I'll move, I'll move, I will follow you. Whom you love, I'll love. How you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow. And where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. Whom you love, I'll love. How you serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you.